and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Story Welcome to the Narrator's Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The show takes place on the third Wednesday of every month at the Buntport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Hey everybody, this is Robert. So I wanted to let you know about our next live show that's happening next week uh, in Denver. On the 21st of October, that's uh, Wednesday night at 8 p.m. at the Buntport Theater. The theme of the evening will be creeps. Um, We also have a special announcement in regards to the San Diego show. Uh, We are working in conjunction with the good folks at Tiger Tiger Tavern, where we host our regular show, to do a special event in conjunction with San Diego Beer Week, that most holy of weeks here in the craft beer capital of the world. Uh, that is going to take place on Tuesday, November 10th at 8 p.m. Uh, we're still working out a theme that's going to have something to do with beer or craft brewing or something, so stay tuned on our Facebook page for that. Today's story comes to you from a man named David Latham. And David is a producer and host of another storytelling show called Long Story Short. Long Story Short is a regular showcase that uh, actually looks fairly similar to the narrators with a couple of differences. It's uh, five-minute stories, no notes, and it's pretty much off the cuff, and they keep you to that time. It's based on a theme. Uh, their next show is happening this Sunday Uh, the 19th here in San Diego. You can find more information about that particular show and more of the programming that So Say We All does here in San Diego by visiting SoSayWeAllOnline.com. Anyways, we're going to turn it over to David. Enjoy. What I like about this forum is the ability to get vulnerable And what I hate about this form is the ability to get vulnerable. Okay. So it turns out um, the body, I found out, is a really an amazing machine. It does a lot of stuff. turns out, I found this out, that if you stick enough needles in your arm, your veins will actually hide on you. They'll collapse, I think they call it. It's true. Um, Another amazing thing is um, your brain, if it's broken, will tell you to keep putting things into your arm despite what your body is telling you not to do anymore. So if you add those things together, you get another thing, and that's called um, an abscess. This is what my story is about. An abscess, not to get scientific, you could back me up on this, is um, anything you put within your side that is foreign, it's a pathogen, and it enters your body, and your body has this fantastic, amazing immune system that will fight that pathogen, that foreign body, and it will surround it with white blood cells. They'll recreate, and they'll create this army, and they'll attack this foreign thing, and um, that's what happened to me. In my arm, a pathogen had grown, and this was as a result of um, desperation um, from plunging a needle into your arm just, just, just to avoid going through withdrawal. So um, 
this pathogen <laughs> grew in my arm. Another side effect of doing this is you regularly will go to jail. And this is what happened to me that day. And so um, I have this thing in my arm, and it's about the size of a softball. It's been growing for a couple weeks probably. And it's pulsing, and it's really hot. I mean, you can feel the heat. I can feel the heat off of it, like from here. If I just hold my hand over my arm, I can feel this thing growing. It's like this, it's like this alien, and it pulses. It's pulsating, and it feels like somebody had plugged a, um, a hot plate into my, into my bicep and just turned it on full blast. Now, to have this happen in jail is one of my sexiest thoughts ever. So this is um, perhaps a blow-by-blow blow detail of what happened for me. Um, picture me in this room. It's a small room, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm handcuffed to a, um, a bench. It's about the size of a, like, um, a changing room at Target, right? When, they, when you first get arrested, you get put in this little room. And um, within this little room, all I can do to help this pain is I can take my one free arm, and I, and I just caress this thing... And if I just squeeze a little bit, it'll, like, it'll alleviate some of the pain and shift it. And then it happens. This happens. I give it a little more squeeze, and I can see the skin just start to create a, a fissure, like an animated earthquake illustration. And it just opens up, and it goes... That's actually the sound it made. And it pops. And I'm in this cell and I'm by myself. And this, this current, this flow, this real river flying, spewing across the room is this yellow-green bile. It's this stuff. It's those things the white blood cells were making. It's acid, actually. And it's formed to eat that thing. So now this acid of rainbow colors is flying off my arm and into this stainless steel plate that acts as a mirror. Now, one thing I understand, I'm not a criminal, I'm not complicated, I'm just this petty, thieving uh, junkie that is in jail for something stupid. But one thing I know is um, while I'm here, it's best to mind my own business. Like, don't draw attention. Understand that for me, um, the way I saw jail was it's this giant, giant junior high school, right? Full of pettiness and segregation and name-calling and, like, people will find your weakness and exploit that. And so um, I knew I had to keep this thing a secret. Now, I'd gone through a couple of these abscesses, so I knew somewhat how to handle them. And, and, and so while I'm here... They give me a new outfit to wear. And the first thing they give me is a white T-shirt. And the second thing they give me is this blue smock that says SD jail on the back of it. And it goes over my white T-shirt. So underneath my smock and this white T-shirt is this, this Band-Aid effect of what's underneath there. And that is all this yellow and redness on this sleeve here. So it actually looks like a, like a, um, a Japanese flag, you know, that I'm trying to hide from the rest of everybody else. Now, if that's not enough, so the other thing going on right now is I got this withdrawal going on. There's withdrawal in 
five words or less, is like the worst flu you've ever had with anxiety attack that goes on for a month, let's say. And you can't sleep for a minute of it. Now, most of the people here in jail, they do, they sleep. That's what you can do. It makes the time go by. The bed that they give me, now they move me, and I'm in this big dorm. It's about the size of here to the boulevard, and it's got like 40 guys in here, and there's bunk beds, and they're stacked three high. They gave me the third bunk on top, but the only bunk on top that was right over this fluorescent light that would not go off like the whole time. So it's like this operating room table. I'm on the whole time that I'm there. And um, the best thing I can do to pass my time at night is, as I can't sleep, of course, is I, um, I just think a lot and I listen. And I listen to the guys next to me, these Mexican guys, and they sing these beautiful ballads in Spanish that I don't understand, but the melody calms me down. Because one thing's for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here for a while. It's just me, my abscess, and my withdrawal, and this Spanish music that I don't understand but calms me down. And so um, in one of these nights, they do this thing there. The deputies do this thing. Maybe it's for fun. I don't know. They do this thing. It's a shakedown. So they, they come rushing into the doors, middle of the night, in riot gear. Riot gear. Helmets and mustaches and... Helmets. <laughs> everybody get up. Everybody get up. And they're yelling at you to get up and, and get naked. Get undressed. I, don't, I have no problem getting, un, getting undressed in front of the fellas. It's, but it's this thing on my arm that I'm really afraid that you're going to see that is going to make me the center of attention. And so um, as I'm walking naked through this uh, gauntlet of naked guys... Um, that and the anxiety going on from the withdrawal and that of everything else that has accumulated thus far in my life I should say this is just a really shitty time in my life if that's not clear <laughs> okay so um, and they're yelling and, and, and these air horns are going off and people are yelling and screaming and mattresses are being flipped over and it's just chaos and, um, and then it starts people are saying and they're seeing this, this, this hole in my arm and they're saying things like, what do you got, AIDS, bro? Faggot. Did you get shot? And I'm thinking, I wish I got shot because that would be a cool story. But I didn't because I don't know how to get high anymore. That's why I'm here. And um, it's really building up. I'm really, I'm ready to like just lose it. And I'm facing this concrete wall because they ordered me against the wall like everybody else. And I look out of the corner of my eye, and out of the corner of my eye, the guy next to me, the guy next to me has probably, he definitely has the smallest penis I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and suddenly I'm smiling because this guy's dick is taking away from my anxiety, my, my frustration, my fears. Because here's another guy with a big secret that he's been carrying around his whole life. And I just looked at him and I, and I, I just smiled and I, I thanked you. Thank you, baby cock, I wanted to say. <laughs> and so um, this whole time, I'm not feeling very well either. I feel like I'm going to, uh, at any moment, I'm going to get sick. Whatever I put inside me is going to come out. So I, 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 I'm steadfast about not eating anything or drinking anything besides the shitty tap water. 
and I'm in this top bunk, and then my stomach again starts to rumble like it has, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw up. There's no getting around it. And I jump off this bunk. I'm six foot three almost, and I think I weigh a buck 40 at the time. So I kind of like lilt down, <laughs> fall down this three-story fall. And just as I hit the ground, I realize I can't. I'm not going to make it to the toilet. I'm not going to make it there. And I throw up on this guy's bunk on the bottom. Now, there's like a couple rules in jail. One is, is, is you don't piss on somebody in the shower or eat someone else's sandwich, and then you definitely don't throw up on somebody's bed. So now it's like junior high times 50 because everyone loves a good fight. Everyone loves a victim. And um, this throng of people just like surround me and this bunk, and they're like... And out of this, out of this throng, the guy who sleeps in that bunk, he comes out, and he's built like a, like, a, like a light flyweight guy, you know? He's the guy that's in there that's always like lifting bags of water to work out with, you know? What the fuck did you do? That's what was wrong with you? Why did you do that? And I mumbled and I whispered and I said, it's, it's, it's what happens every time I come here, I get sick. And then he said, why are you? And I told him why. And he said, he didn't say anything actually. And I prepared to get punched in the face because I deserved it. And plus everybody else was encouraging it, you know? And what he did next was nothing short of the... He grabbed a bucket and a mop, and he went over, and he cleaned it up himself. Like this greatest act of mercy I've ever seen in my life, ever. Barring the Syrians, you know? Just like this great effort, this great thing of empathy that came over him, and he told me, um, hey, that was me nine months ago. And then he said, but I wasn't as shot out as you are, but, um, which made me feel better. And so um, I walked out of there, and, and, and um, I just wanted to say this. There's this thing that they print on every hypodermic needle in the United States, it says, and it says this for other reasons, but it does say, in big letters, it says, use once and destroy. And I must have seen that a thousand times, and it finally dawned on me what that really means, to use once and destroy. Thanks. David Latham. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Aaron Rollman, Mary Robertson, and me, Ron Doyle. I produce and record the podcast with engineering assistance by Josh Johnson. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. The Narrators podcast is brought to you by these amazing sponsors. The great guys at Illegal Pete's and Greater Than Records, who in addition to providing rad burritos all over town, provide great local music and comedy. The next time you need a photographer, remember From the Hip Photo. You can learn more about their honest and unforgettable service at fromthehipphoto.com. Check out the appropriately named Sexy Pizza on their website, sexypizzaonline.com. And finally, by Breckenridge Brewery, making balanced, approachable, and interesting handcrafted beers in Colorado for over 25 years. Check them out at breckbrew.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or on your favorite mobile podcatcher. For more information and to find past episodes, visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.